I'm Rain Phoenix. You're watching and listening to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists. Today's guest is Local Natives. We're speaking to Kelsey Ayer of Local Natives, and my sister Summer and I will be in the conversation with them. So please don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Enjoy the show. Maybe he doesn't know there's video. Maybe he's connecting to video. Oh, he knows. He knows. Hello. Hi. Is it Kelsey? How's it going? Is it Kelsey? Is that how we say it? That's how you say it. Okay. Yeah. What how are you up? all? What is up, bro? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I'm I'm doing good. I'm at my house in um, Highland Park, just just chilling. You know, what else can you do? You just mm-hmm. gotta chill. <laughs> I chill. You can create. You can you can create. You can make art. It looks like you've got. I mean, that was a strategically placed um, camera there. I'm I'm suspecting you're the keyboardist or slash pianist. I mean, you know, uh, I didn't yeah. strategically place mine or anything. But go ahead, go ahead. Um, it was it was highly recommended by my wife to put the camera here as to not show probably the rest of the messy, messy house. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I've been doing a lot of different stuff. I feel like I'm going, I'm like scattering back and forth between like making music or like cooking stuff or like taking care of the yard or trying to not feel guilty about like, like becoming a human vegetable and just watching like eight hours of something. <laughs> What are you watching? Uh, I just I just started catching up on my West World. It's pretty sweet, um, and I just f- finished this other show called The Outsider that is very dark, a very dark, like ghoulish, uh, paranormal detective show that I uh, really liked. Really liked a lot. Now your band, um, there's five players, five. Five musicians in the band, and you guys usually you're, it's he- he- heavily collaborative in the songwriting process, right? So, are you guys doing that still via Zoom? So, we're trying to figure out how to get that going. Um, we started using this thing called Splice that um, shares Ableton sessions. So, we're trying to see if we can if we can write like that. We historically. Uh, really benefit from being in the room together and writing together. So this will be a pretty big challenge. Although at some point I feel like I should be able to get in a studio with them. Um, Just kind of unsure as to how soon. Um, But yeah, I don't know. We're, we're, we're giving it a shot. I, I sent some stuff to them the other day and Ryan sent some stuff out and, it's it's starting starting to happen. What's on the back wall there? What kind of instrument is that? A quattro or a ukulele? That's like an old. I think that is a hundred years old. It's um, from so my wife's family was is from Portugal, and um, that is like something that got passed down from from a great grandfather, uh, and it's just kind of hanging out there. Um, yeah. How many strings? There's that. What's that? How many strings is on it? Do you know? 
There are five strings, I think, but it is unplayable. And I figure I'll just use this other crappy ukulele that I have in my studio to mess around with. And I'm just going to leave, I'm just going to leave him be. <laughs> cool. Do you all, um, did you guys, do you guys, I, I feel like I read somewhere that you built a studio. Is that true? Do you guys have, does um, local natives have a studio that you all work in together and record in? Yeah. So we, we've had, a, we've had a few um, over the years. We basically started um, writing and living together in a house in Orange County in um, the later 2000s. And that's where we made our, our first record, basically. And then maybe in the middle of making that move to L.A. and then lived in a house up here, not too far from where I am now, um, in Silver Lake. And um, at that point, it was just like a bunch of like different ramshackle practice spaces that we cobbled together. But by the second record, we found a spot in Silver Lake and we were there for like four years um, and we tried to soundproof the place, um, not knowing anything about soundproofing. So I don't think we did shit. I, I don't think we what really soundproofed it at all. Just egg uh, well, like put up egg cartons and called it soundproofing. We, we like, no, we, we tried to do like a room within a room, but this place was like a standalone building that it used to be a dentist's office and then it was a tattoo parlor and then it was nothing. Uh, no one was renting it out for years. And so somehow through a friend who worked at like Intelligentsia who lived behind this place was like, there's this building that no one uses and maybe the landlord would let you use it as a rehearsal space. So asked him, he let us go in there and check it out. And it was like Jumanji in there with like plants growing everywhere inside the, 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 the building. And so we like tried to tear all that out and put up quiet rock on the walls. But if you don't seal every little thing, then it basically Doesn't like work. cuts your soundproofing in half or something. Oh. And we did not do a good job. Well, you guys were part of that kind of what I, maybe it's because I moved to LA in 2010, but like the first wave of like a new music scene that was really burgeoning in, in LA. A lot of the reason I moved from New York was because it felt like bands and musicians were coming together and collaborating more and, and, and supporting each other. Even if they weren't collaborating, it was, there was like a vibe of sharing going on in LA that I was not familiar with in New York. You guys were like, you know, you really made in like your first imprint around that time in 2010, like on the scene, you know what I mean? Right? Like 2009, 10 is when you really were known and came alive, it seemed like in Silver Lake. And especially, I guess, that part of LA, like the east side. Yeah. Yeah, we were really lucky. Um, so we all are basically from either Orange County or like Inland Empire. And when we moved to LA, I think like a couple months after we got a residency at uh, Silver Lake Lounge and that was like 2009, but it was really rad. We moved here and we started trying to play as many shows as we could. And this groundswell started happening and, and we did another residency um, at Spaceland later that year. 
Um, side note, Jennifer, for so many years, and we go way back. Um, but yeah, we, we got really lucky and everyone really, we felt the embrace of the community when we moved up there. And, and it was pretty unexpected because we were like this shitty, like high school emo band for many years and no one gave a shit about us. And then, <laughs> and then we, we wrote this like record, changed our name and started playing these new songs, kind of found like a new sound. And then everything just kind of turned a corner and it was very satisfying. I know you guys have been together so long, like since high school, right? Most or three of the members, I think, right? Since high school. Yeah. So, so Taylor and Ryan. Um, so there's three songwriters in the group: myself, and then Taylor and Ryan. They went to a high school together that was like ten minutes away from the high school I went to in Orange County, and uh, it's it's not, let's say, the most. Um, it's not like the cultural epicenter of the U.S., we'll say. Uh, Orange County is uh, just, it's very, like, Republican-leaning, very right-leaning. And so yeah, I, I don't feel think like you could say it was the cultural uh, epicenter of anywhere, actually. No. no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's, so you find other like-minded people really fast. So through friends, I found them, and then we started writing music in um, – in high school as kids and then yeah we've been together we've been playing together since like 2004 it's been a it's been a while it's um rare to have uh three songwriters in the same in the same group and you guys all sing as well i feel like vocals is like one of the heaviest instrumentations in your in your how do you call a band with five people in it sectet or um you call it you call it a challenge uh Uh, you call it a process you call it a (laughs) a very uh worthwhile problem to solve yeah i don't know It, it it is it is i do find myself very lucky that we are able to have this like group of people and then with the three songwriters between the five of us that rounded out the, the 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 music all kind of filters through us all and it can be a long process to finish an album but once it's done we all kind of just feel such a sense of relief and such a sense of like pride because it's it's always quite a journey to get through an album with like that many cooks in the kitchen especially even if there's like a producer involved which often there is or you know anyone else throwing throwing their opinions in the mix uh, have any of you gone to do gone on to do side projects or solo situations? Seeing as you're, you know, all songwriters. Yeah, um, I, I actually was the first one to do anything like that. I put out um, I put out a record in 2017 under the name Jaws of Love, and um, that kind of came out from having all these all these songs off that kind of half that didn't make it half that didn't make sense for the band. And, and I just found myself with time, just time here and there. Like I booked three days here at a studio or three days at another place. And yeah, I put out something Um, that was, that was interesting. No one had ever kind of put out music like that before. Um, And, and to date it's only been myself and then Nick, our bass player who put out um, his own record as well um, two years ago. Um, and I'm trying to get the other guys to 
do it too because it was a really amazing experience to be able to kind of row your own boat or be in your own dinghy <laughs> after be- being on the big ship that's hard, hard to maneuver but then you're in your dinghy and you're not like going as far but you're going perceivably faster so that feels fun it's not as comfortable though is it um no you you sacrifice some comfort for sure yeah i did i did some touring uh for my side solo thing and uh i will tell you the crowd sizes were very different (laughs) (laughs) um i have a question off that which is how did music find you like how did you find music as a young human being well i grew up in a really musical family my dad played um guitar and he sang and he he had like all these cheap guitars that he just collected that were just in stands all over the house um and he ended up playing like songs to us when we'd go to sleep or when we'd wake up and it was pretty nice way to you know live um juxtaposed to my mom like yelling at us to get in the car for school or something. So it was like a nice balance of uh, harmony versus dissonance. Um, and I think, yeah, that got all of us, I think, up and running as far as like starting to fall in love with music. I have um, two brothers and two sisters and we all do something. We all play or sing. And um yeah, I think I think he's really what got me started, and uh, and then I but I also have my mom to thank because he she got me um, piano lessons when I was in fifth grade, and that kind of sent me on a trajectory of the the piano being my my favorite instrument. It's a common theme, isn't it, sis? I feel like every time we ask that question, which is to each and every special guest that is on the show, oftentimes uh, the answer is that they had a very musical family. Yeah. Or there's, I guess, just that if they discovered it by listening to records or, you know. But yeah, a lot of times it does seem like they have the influence of... I mean, that's why I love that question is because it's interesting to think of how, how music finds people to lead them to end up being, having that. Because look, I would not count music or being an artist or being a musician as like a great, you know, thing to want to get into in terms of like surviving. So that's it not, must have, the question is kind of how did it find you to make you that passionate, you know, to make you want to make that your job, which course you can't help it and that's sort of what we're always about uh here is just like talking to the artists who they couldn't help it and that's why i like to ask artists who can't help but make music why right that's why we and and it's true what summer says a lot of times with these with unapologetic left center artists they answer that there was music in their home and in a way that was pretty pronounced right um, yeah, I've always felt pretty lucky, actually, because w- when you're talking about, you know, how many different career paths are out there, how many different things you can do as a human being. And uh, I talk to my wife all the time about this because she she's really talented and, and, and does all sorts of things, but she's never had like one clear cut like this is what I want to do. And I, my whole life, I've always been like music is the thing that I want to do. And there's never any like questioning that, 
So I, I just have always kind of, I go, I walk away from these talks that I'll have with her and I'll feel pretty lucky that like, I mean, for better or for worse, I had like a one track mind basically for like, since I was born just to pursue oh, awesome. this thing. Yeah, that's a huge pro, bro. I think so too. I, I'm actually, I, I have friends like that and I've envied that, you know, in, in a way. And by envy, I don't mean like actually sat there and been envious, but yes, actually felt that. Wouldn't it be nice to know exactly what you want to do from the minute you were <laughs> born and woke up every morning? Like that's your only thing. I'm all over the map. What about you, sis? I feel like you do a lot of different things, but maybe music. I don't know. I've never asked you. What, did you ever like have one thing like that? Do you have that luxury? Like to me, that's a luxury to know what you want to do all the time. Uh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that I want to do. I love playing music all the, you know, as much as I can, but it's clearly never been something that I made a living at. So it's not yeah. So it, for me, I think as for a lot of people, it would be a luxury, but I, I also, you know, it's like life is freaking weird. And like, you think, you know, your plan is one thing, and then life happens to you and you got to kind of pivot and, and, and change. And, you know, I think it's just, ex I, I think it's great as you are sitting here recognizing and acknowledging and being grateful for like that you're, you didn't have to pivot or change. Like that was it. Fifth grade on. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, wait, so, so what do you, what do you play? Somewhere. I play piano. Oh, amazing. Cool. You're probably much better than me. I, I just feel like I can say it immediately because I'm not very good. No, nor am I. But listen, um, Kelsey, you have four siblings. Are you one of those families that every, everybody has a K name? No. Uh, sadly, no. That would be, that would be rad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm super no, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mom was from Colombia, so the first child got the most names. He he, his full name has five names in it, yeah. which I'm a little envious of. I think that would be cool. Never, never loved my name. Really? I was wondering why you ever think of changing it. At this point, I feel like there's a uniqueness that weighs out the maybe perceived. Um, lameness in my head so I'm I, I think I've I've made peace with it I'm gonna stick with it did you um listen to boy named Sue a lot growing up or was that I mean did was there adversity in being named Kelsey in Orange County there I, I have heard I've heard that song many times in my life <laughs> I feel like all all you know boys with girls names all girls with boys names perhaps uh you know are told of this song and uh i wish i could say the song made everything better when i was growing right. up but it, really. it didn't <laughs> it's, it's your mom now your mom was from colombia and your wife you said is from portugal um so my mom moved here from Colombia when she was like in her teens, but, but it's, it's, it's my wife's lineage. She, she, you know, is uh, second or third removed, fourth removed maybe. Were you raised with Spanish speaking in the home? 
Yeah, um, my mom tried to get us to learn Spanish when we were um, like toddlers and just just growing up. And, and at the point that we could speak, we would be little brats about it and get really annoyed and want to talk in English. And so it didn't take. I wish that it did, but we. I was a little. I was a little shit. You guys do you know Portugal, the man. I don't know. Uh, we, we've done, we've done two. I really just add that off. We've done two. Portugal and it played in and, and I think they're great too. And that somehow I feel like you guys are sister bands, but maybe I just made that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, we, we've done a couple shows with them in the past and we've met them and stuff. Not super close, but they, but they were really cool. They're really cool to us. Like to see them again. You know them. No, my um, summer, you know, Matt, uh, Matt, the cellist, Matt. The yeah, place sure. Okay, up. yeah. He plays but, with Portugal. Uh, uh, He's um, how lovely they are as people. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I just, I was, I was trying to tie it in with Colombia, Portugal, then like Portugal, <laughs> back to music seamlessly. Right. It wasn't seamless. It was far I think, from seamless. I think you get to the points. <laughs> There's definitely some effort that, that you put into that, for sure. I still think Boy Named Sue is better. It was a more seamless joke. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all in the pot. It's a joke. It made me laugh, though. Uh-huh. It, was it was like a clever seamless thing to do and i tried mine and it didn't work so that's getting the episode yeah i was gonna say you'll just cut it out whatever doesn't work she just cuts it out i just cut it out you gotta, um, you gotta leave it all in because those things are the the things that work the best later yeah i know chelsea it's your edward, edward scissorhands is our editor though so it's like it becomes difficult because he just takes the reins and next thing I know it's you know an hour is 37 minutes of awesome so we just have to deal with it don't worry we'll release the outtakes one day when it really matters <laughs> yeah, right. Kelsey you said that um the ba- the band you guys changed your name and that's when the gr- you know groundswell sort of happened simultaneously uh for the new rendition of your new sound and your new name uh, I mean, I could read into local natives in many, very many ways, but you got, you got anything for us? Um, you mean, do, do you want to know, I'm sorry, what, what do you want to know? <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> local natives. Why, lo- why, why'd you name your band that? Right, right. Um, we were throwing around a bunch of different names that I'm glad we aren't uh any with that didn't stick so that's what good was, what was we almost called it the cut. <laughs> our, our first record was called Gorilla Manor and we were almost that for for a little bit um we almost were called Big Orange for a little bit I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that um, I love the creative I think you did good I think it. I think it works, and it's and it's funny because we talk about this all the time about band names and how how funny how how interesting it is that these words that you put together and they they take on a different definition. Yeah. Like like if I told you there's an amazing band called Fork that you have to hear 
you know, it sounds so ridiculous, but there's this coolest band called Spoon that everyone like that I know thinks is so amazing. And, you know, you never, you just never think about that. I, I feel like it's really interesting. I would never listen to the band Fork, even if you told me it was freaking great. I'd be like, no. <laughs> you love chopsticks. You use chopsticks when you eat usually summer, no? So then you would call. What about chopsticks? Would you listen to a That's band? That's a song. That's a song already. You can't you can't yeah, make it into a band. Can't make it a band. Okay. What about butter? Possibly knife? possible. That's not but I'm saying you. I feel like you would listen to Fork if. They sounded like spoon. No, I don't know if I anyone likes spoon. <laughs> no, I, I would. I would. <laughs> um, lo- local natives came. I I don't know. There's like some sort of duality, some sort of like communal thing that it that it brings up, and that felt like it really resonated with how we work and what we do, and um. And yeah, the redundancy in like local natives felt like kind of like catching ear catching in a way maybe. So those were the things I think that went into it. Um, yeah, and it, and it won. It's the reason why we're doing so well. It, well, that's, I think that that's such an interesting conversation, which clearly you've had many times, um, like you just said. But I wonder if like, you know, it is the, like how much the band name has to do with the success of the band. I'm, I'm guessing zero, but people project as if a lot. Because when naming a band, I mean, there's like games out there. I mean, like how many times have you named your, your band? Like I've had 600 band names, like, or there's constantly conversations like great name for band. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like trimmed border, great name for band or whatever, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Is that a new yeah, word? I, I don't what know. The hever? I like that. What the <laughs> I think I think it has to be truly awful to hurt you, like, or or maybe like really offensive. I know that band Viet Cong had to change their name because uh, that uh, people would, did not like that. And you know, I mean, the Beatles, right? Well, like, so you think about the Beatles, are you alluding to maybe how stupid that name is? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, I just never, I just never think about it. And, I mean, I can't even imagine what they could be called that was, that would be so bad you would hate them despite their discography. Fork. Like, like, <laughs> like vomit sink. I don't know. Yeah. Even then, even then, maybe they'd be fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think they'd be fine. I think they'd be fine unless they were called for. Yeah. Any band would be. But if you named it like Vomsy, I'd be cool. But you may know it stands for Vomit Sink, but Vomsy, you'd be like, oh, what's that? That sounds exciting. Yeah, totally. Vomsy. They're the biggest fans (laughs) call them Vomsy. Yeah. Rain, Rain was in a band called Nux Vomica, which oh, is That's right. yeah, which is actually like a holistic medicine that helps okay, with like bathroom. hangovers and nausea. So yeah. Nux Vomica. Nux Vomica. Yeah. That sounds it's a drop deep <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
I don't know if we like, helped with nausea, but our name was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd see that helping a hangover. Did your music help hangovers at all? No. Or no? Oh. Uh, no. It probably caused them. Yeah. It was like yeah. a <laughs> heavy band, you know, like, um, yeah. It's very resourceful. ACDC like or KISS. Uh, more like mm -hmm. the Melvins or something is what I think was our greatest influence. Mm -hmm. You like doing the English accent a lot, huh? Well, it's a music podcast. It's like you can't, I feel like you can't not. We kind of slip into spinal tap because we're not, you know, we're talking about yeah. Right. yeah. But that became awesome power. Sometimes I'll do that by accident. <laughs> How many times have you seen spinal tap? I mean, it's kind of a rite of passage. If you've been in a tour bus long enough. Oh, it's been a while. Um, the last really bandy thing we saw was the Metallica uh, documentary. Have you seen that? Yeah. They're all getting, um, they're all doing therapy together. And I, I, that's not supposed to be funny, but it is really funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to okay. be the straight man in the room for that, in the, in the Zoom. I'm the straight man in the Zoom. I'm not going to laugh at uh -huh. that. Doing good. <laughs> Doing good. It makes me know. look good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I want to talk in an English accent all the time. I don't know if it's over. Is it over for... Maybe, that, maybe that's one of the last accents you can do. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm not supposed to say. I'll go like to Australian back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the New Zealand, how they say hair. They say hair. Hair. You got, you got gum in your hair. You get great hair. Hey, so let's ask him another question out of our question list. <laughs> I can't remember what the uh, other questions are. What would you like to know? Oh, you can. Oh, you want to see my dog? What? There's a dog. Oh, there's a husky. husky. Yeah, this is this is her. This is her relaxing time. Uh, what? Uh, how does your your artistry activate you in 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 the world? Um, do you have any sort of passion project? any charity, any greater good vibe that... Uh, what, yeah, what does Local Natives champion? Well, Local Natives, um, we donate a dollar from every ticket sold. And we've been doing this since, I think, 2013 with this um, organization called Plus One that our friend Marika started. Marika played viola in Arcade Fire for a long time. And then she, she stopped that to do this. So plus one um, basically facilitates um, like, like money going to charities and then specifically going to local charities that um, for like a cause that you would want to champion. So like for us, it was about um, um, uh, women's, uh, just like violence against women and inequality. And so we would do this thing. Every dollar is donated to different charities. And then in every city, 
you'd see, we'd tweet out like, this is the local charity that the money's going to, or if there wasn't a good one in that city, it would go to one national one. But I feel like they just do such a great job at like, cause you're always thinking, where is my money going? Yeah. You don't really know. Um, but plus through plus one and they do this with like all like so many bands now so many genres of music now and I think they're doing it with sporting events as well but you get to actually see like this is the this is the charity in in Detroit that's battling um, you know like uh, 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 the horrible stuff that's going on with um, like violence against women and you get to see where it's going so I think that is that's been something local natives has been really involved with. And I feel like we've raised a good amount of money for it. And we're stoked on that. And it's like such an easy way for you all as a band to make a big impact. And for people who are excited to see your music to know that $1 out of the 15 or 20 or however much they spend is going towards that. And it does add up. Like when you have, fans like you all have a lot of fans so when you have that many people showing up to venues every night on a tour you're actually really giving back in a direct way in every town and that's super what a cool i love that idea i need to meet her she sounds amazing oh you should interview her she she is amazing she's she's one of our favorite favorite people um her her husband is an engineer and he engineered our second record um, and they have a cute little family. They live in Montreal. Um, yeah, she, she's amazing. And yeah, it's just so, it's such like a no brainer, like, and everyone at the concerts happy to, to do it and be a part of it. And we're happy to be a part of it. And it's such a harmonious thing. Now you guys just had to cancel a bunch of tour dates. I'm very sorry. That's happened to everyone, of course. Yeah. Uh, we know you were touring with Cherry Glazer, who we've had on um, Clementine, oh, awesome. Darling Clementine, and and who was the other band you were? It was three. It was a three bill tour. Yeah. So this was a co-headline tour with Foles. They're they're uh-huh. a UK rock yeah. band. Um, yeah, it was going to be um, them, us, and Cherry Glazer. I've never met her or them, but I was excited to. And yeah. And then this is in support of the remix um, rollout thing you're doing. Aren't you doing like three different discs for that or not, you know, not see, not compact discs, but I should say <laughs> three different releases. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Three different, three different musical Dumbo drops. Uh, do you remember Operation Dumbo? Yes. I don't know why I just oh, thought of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Summer, and, summer. You know, the big, great. Um, yeah, so, so we put out our, our fourth record, Violet Street, last year, and then um, we got a bunch of really amazing artists and producers to remix it, and we're releasing it in three volumes. Um, so the first two volumes are out right now. I don't know when this is coming out, but maybe all three will be out at that point. But yeah, so a remix album in full shall coalesce at some point in the next like couple weeks. I saw that Jonathan Wilson, who I've worked with and is a lovely human being and incredible musician and producer is one of your remix, uh, remixers. That's right. Yeah. He, he is so, he is so awesome. I've never met him, but Ryan and his uh, girlfriend are, are really good friends with them. Um, oddly enough, I've been to his house because he, um, 
he's got a studio there and he'll let um, other people, you know, work out of there. So I had some friends recording there and checked it out. And great house. Still, um, Cafe on Rio that was on, on the record. And that's one of the songs I brought to the table. So I'm extra, oh. extra stoked on that one. Do you guys hang out with each other outside of uh, practicing and playing and touring and writing? Well, we used to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Before you got we big. do. <laughs> no, before COVID, we, Rain. Oh well. Before. <laughs> before COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to before they all rich and snobby and snuffed me out. No, uh, yeah, we, we do. We we do hang out. Um, it's it's nice. It's an interesting thing. Um, I feel like it, I don't know how many positives you can take away from that show Entourage. I don't think it's aged very well. But the idea of friends from high school growing up together and staying together, I think we can all agree that's a, that's a nice thing. And uh, that's, that's basically what's, what's kept the band together probably. Yeah. It's very, I've heard it's, you know, very um, hard to, to do, to be in a band for a long time and still try to be friends and try to have that, that same draw that brought you together in the first place. And I feel like, I, I'm very proud of us as 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 men in this industry who are very trying, always conscious to check in with each other emotionally and see you know how we're doing. And I think a long time ago we realized the only way that something keeps going is 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 as long as the relationships are still there. So that's always been really important to us, and um, I'm I miss that. <laughs> that's so miss cool. them right now good on you guys <laughs> that's so Thanks. cool it's like you're you're, fe- you're okay with your feminine side you guys communicate yeah yes of course Great. have you listened to their music oh, oh, very okay with their feminine side oh, oh right right, right. <laughs> yeah i i sing very high uh all the time are you high? and uh are you, huh? are you- are you on edibles right now? You know what? I'm actually drinking this. Uh, oh, is it uh huh? I think it's CBD water, um, but so it's not anything. But it says hemp extract, so maybe it is weed water. I don't really do. I don't smoke a lot or drink a lot of edible stuff, but somehow I just decided this was the time to do it. It's a yeah, cool you got, yeah. <laughs> well, you're clearly changed. Really appreciate the look of this can. I was going to ask earlier, are you drinking beer uh, in the afternoon? <laughs> that was going to be, are you having beer for lunch? I've, I've had many, many days where I've been like, should I? No, 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 no. That's not a good idea. <laughs> I'm a big beer nerd, actually. Why, I'm you're like, oh, IPA to- and brewery and. Yes, Summer. Yes, yeah. I love those you know things. I could tell. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> well, is there, I love them. Want, is there anything you want to share in particular with our audience, our Launch Left audience and your audience via um, 
launch left at home here on this Zoom about what, you know, either new music or what you're thinking about or or a message to people at home or any number of, of, of things? Is there anything you want to leave us with before we sign off? I guess, I guess the thing I'm thinking right now is that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely very thankful to be on this show. And because I, I definitely like, I have trouble taking myself too seriously. And I, I feel like sometimes I can miss out on, on truly evaluating, uh, I don't know, like the things that I, that I do or like the music that I make or, I just, I, I really appreciate like the, the deep dives in, into, into people's art. A lot of times I feel like who wants to hear this shit, but I don't know. I was listening to this podcast, a bunch of your other guests, and I was having such a great time. I think who wants to hear this shit is also about like your own inner, like self-deprecating monologue that is happening which I think probably a lot of artists also suffer from. But I don't know. I love what you guys are doing. Oh, that's But I leave with that. <laughs> well, so we uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, that's true. Das ist true. Send our best to the rest of the band. And we look forward to seeing you perform live, hopefully before 2021. Are you gonna tinkle? Are you gonna lead us out with a little tinkling of the ivories? Yeah, why don't you play us out? Like a, you know. Would you like a solid tune? Yeah. yeah. Like oh, exit. <laughs> a solid jaunty, right? It's something jaunty, please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having me. It was so great talking to you guys. Yeah, you too. Have a wonderful rest of the Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's let's hang out when we can. Okay. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, and we're back. This time with launched artist The Angel. Her song Words Like Daggers featuring Jalisa with her video directed by Mark Pellington is what will be the subject of our conversation. The Angel also happens to be my first cousin and someone who has been a great inspiration to me musically throughout the years. So it is with a lot of excitement and joy that I introduce her to you all here and that she is sharing her single with Launch Left the Label. Please welcome The Angel. Welcome so much. We're so happy to have you here on the podcast and also on the label for so many reasons. And then me personally, because you're my first cousin and I love you and look up to you. So welcome. Thank you very much. Tell me all about this experience for you. I know um, you have a new single out. So tell us about the single. This single, interestingly enough, uh, was recorded quite a long time ago. Jalisa and I had a session and it was something that I'd been writing and struggling with. And um, I asked her to please, you know, vocally interpret this song for me. And she did. And then it sat in this kind of like little space 
uh, for quite a while where I really didn't know what to do with it. I didn't really, I didn't know how to finish it. I didn't know how I really wanted to present it to the world. So, um, so I just kind of put it aside and did a ton of other things. I've been scoring film and TV. I've been, you know, and I get into one of those projects and then I don't have a life for months at a time. And when I'm in between, I kind of forget that I've left these little gems behind. Um, so when you asked, oh, did, did I have a, a single that I'd want to contribute specifically to this uh, digital series of singles that you're releasing uh, to commemorate River on what would be his 50th, which is pretty much a mind blower. Um, this is the one that really felt like it had the gravitas, the weight, the emotional um, connection uh, that felt right for this. Um, even though it, it, this song is not written about River, it's not nothing to do with him, but in terms of the, um, the heft behind it and the sentiment, I think this was like the, it, this felt like the right thing to do. So thank you for that. And, um, yeah, I love the song so much. And uh, I'm so glad that it, it could be birthed now, even, even though it was recorded earlier. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, really love the track. It's so hypnotic, you know. Something that Mark has said to me on a bunch of occasions, it's, you know, it's got a sort of hypnotic feel about it. Um, Who's Mark? Mr. Pellington himself. Um, yes. Is he the video director? He would be, yes, indeed. Um, and it's really interesting because Mark and uh, Jalisa and I all lived in the UK, in London, uh, in the 90s, at the same time, working on all of our separate individual artistic endeavors that had nothing to do with each other. Um, and yet, fate had it that we would all be collaborating on this video together, um, which I think is really very special. Uh, Mark has a really amazing way of um, connecting on an emotional level with not only the audience, but with the artists that he's working with. Um, and that is a really deep connective thing that I've felt with him over the years in terms of the work that he's done. You know, he's left of center. He completely thinks outside the box. He, he doesn't care about the norms and the way that other people do things. He does things that feel right to him. And, um, and I think that's a big part of why there's this uh, synergy there. Yeah, so. I love that you guys ended up collaborating on this. If you don't mind me asking, I always ask this question of everyone I have on the show is how did music find you? I think, uh, wow, it's a really good one. I mean, it's as far back as I can remember. I mean, my mom was a huge music lover. She exposed me to every type of music from jazz to soul to rock to everything you could imagine, including dragging me to many an opera. Because <laughs> she was a huge wow. opera lover. Um, and I think just being around someone who was so in love with music and there was always music in the house, you know, growing up. So it, I always say that she was my first DJ. And, um, you know, that was my introduction to music. And I played piano as a kid, never thinking I would ever do anything um, as far as music professionally. Um, 
but the, I think the technology over the years kind of drew me in. I'm a real tech head and I like sitting in a room by myself with a lot of gear doing kind of guy stuff, you know, no one around just me and either picture if I'm scoring, a, you know, project for film or TV um, or just sitting in a room on my own, just kind of putting it all together. If it's a song. Um, and even when I collaborate and work with other artists, I tend to be very solitary in my process. Um, so, wow, that's, I never had asked you that question. So thanks for sharing. <laughs> Great. And then the one other question I always ask is, um, how does that, how does activism play a, a part in your work or does it, does your art and activism join um, or is there something that you champion or, or want to spend more time championing? Um, in the activist case. Considering what's going on in the world right now, my focus is very similar to yours in terms of Black Lives Matter. Um, I think it's really important now more than ever to, to be vocal and to be active. Um, and so I am actively making calls and emailing uh, officials and pushing the agenda of, of equality and decency and love and care and unity um, I think it's really, it's always been, um, I think it's come up a lot in my lyrics over the years, um, but I haven't really been doing a lot of lyric writing in the, in the past maybe 10 years because I've mostly been on the film and TV side of, of things, composing rather than writing songs and recording songs. But, um, but thematically, it's I, when I look back and I listen to older things that I've written, even things that I never released, it's interesting how um, these themes of unity and one love have, have come up many, many times. And so it's just as part of my DNA. Love you. Can I? Any you, last words? Yeah. Take a little, sni a little snippet on, um, yeah. you know, part of this song, um, just the, the creating of it is that I really wanted to draw people into the soundscape of um as if you're entering someone else's dream and you can feel what they feel. Um, and it's, but at the same time, it's got a universal kind of thoughtful, pensive nature. It's clearly not a pop song. It's, it's something else. So Beautiful. I'm happy to be sharing it again with you, especially. Oh my God. And we're so happy. I mean, this is such a cool release for launch left. So thank you for, being kind enough to share it with us and I love you so much and thanks for being on the show. Your video just premiered yesterday on Flood uh, Magazine and today here at Launch Left. So everybody watch it, listen, download, buy it. The Angel, Words Like Daggers featuring Jaleesa. Behind that blank stare, there's a world of hurt.
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 